Hey, Michaela. Yes. You've uh, worked in the media industry over the years. Yes. Uh, radio stations, that sort of stuff. Have you ever secretly recorded a phone conversation or, or a meeting or anything like that? No, but we I was in a situation where a meeting I was in was recorded for the purpose of paying back live on air. Oh, cool. Yes. Like a like a pre-planned gotcha call. Sort of thing. And um however being the spy that I am realized what was going on and dobbed them in. <gasps> you snitched. Yes, cuz it's disrespectful. Wow. It's against the law to put somebody to air without their permission if you're identifying them. Oh. So if they'd played that tape on air, it probably would be illegal without our permission. You're a bit of a goody-two-shoes, aren't you? Well, I just don't want to ever be at work where I can't trust what I'm saying to not go <laughs> across the airwaves. They weren't trying to get you, though, were they? No, but it was more... Um, uh, look at it behind the scenes, stirring oh, yeah. us kind of thing. Ah, oh, right. You know. Taking so, the mick kind of thing. Yeah, and we'd bait. So it was <laughs> deliberately trying to, but, you know. And so then uh, they went to the general manager and there's this big thing. And so then they got, um, so it was a breakfast team. Mm -hmm. And then they were got really smart and said, you know, if you're coming into this meeting, there's a chance it may be recorded. You know, they had to say that every time. And there were signs up everywhere of being smart asses that they were. But mm. Yeah, because I, I wonder sometimes, uh, and I forget, when I call, uh, you know, call centres for customer service or whatever, and it always says, you know, this, this conversation may be recorded for monitoring and mm. training purposes. And some of the dumb conversations I have with people, I think, I wonder if anybody listens to these and thinks, what is this guy on? You know, me making dad jokes. Uh I had another, actually, there was another one that they did. It was um, the big, big boss of the radio network was doing this special and they rang me at my desk to tease me about something and it went to air. <laughs> and I didn't know and I cracked the sheets big time. <laughs> so there's you having a rant on air. Yeah, and I never got promoted, as you can imagine. <laughs> no, <laughs> he was like way up the tree, you know, I should have just got along with it, but I was so upset that someone would invade my privacy and put it on air. <laughs> and you, you missed out on a promotion because of yeah. it. Yeah. Nice work. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. So welcome to the Tradies Business Show. Uh, we don't generally secretly record conversations with people. Well, we haven't yet. I've thought about it a couple of times. Well, yes, we have. We did that um, phone call one. Oh, we yeah. Just, but we didn't, but we changed we, their names. We didn't do any, yeah. So we can't no. do that. You can't put someone to air with identifying information. I never knew that. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's probably not the best thing to do, but I didn't <laughs> know it was actually a law against it. So, are you saying we've recorded all our conversations for the past two years, Warwick? Maybe. Hmm. I might Jeez. be keeping them for blackmail purposes. <laughs> I don't think I proved that uh, gag reel that you put out for the 100th episode <laughs> somehow. But I laughed. <laughs> Glad you got enjoyment. Uh, well, today's guest uh, was knowingly recorded and uh, wasn't technically a guest. Uh, but what, what I did recently was... 
Uh, did a session with one of our listeners and Tradies Business Toolkit members. <clears throat> uh, so Jen Carducci, and I hope I've said your name right, Jen, but um, Jen Carducci is a member of the Tradies Business Toolkit. She actually works with Tradies um, as a bit of a consultant, I guess, a specialist consultant. And, uh, and she had some questions about... Um, contracting basically and and uh, you know subcontracting and those sorts of things pricing and uh, pricing models and I thought it would be good um, first of all to answer a question by doing a session with her and this is one of the things about being a toolkit member if I can do a quick plug is um, Michaela and I will jump in and, and give you a hand with specific issues you know if we see an opportunity to help you out and also create a bit of content and help some other members um, we'll do that so basically did a Skype session with Jen and um, I got her permission beforehand so I didn't do it secretly. And there was no extra cost for this one-on-one no, no, this consult. Is, this Just saying it was all part, part of, of the it. Membership, you know, yep. like, and, and we chatted for over an hour. Uh, and my hourly rate, I think, is, is a little more than $22 an hour. So um, pretty good value. But uh, but basically, I recorded the uh, the session with Jen, and she was happy for us to put it to air um, because it was kind of cool, and we covered some ground. Um, it was a, a bit of a... Uh, casual business chat um, so it's not structured as an interview but we think you'll get some good value out of it and if you're doing any contracting or if you're working with subbies um, in your trade business then uh, there's some good questions raised in uh, in this little session a bit of a I suppose a, a consulting session with Jen and uh, we thought we'd share it with you so uh, have a listen it's um, it's not too long and yeah, we'd love to see you in the Tradies Business Toolkit as well. Of course, if you go to tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash toolkit, you'll find out uh, what you get and uh, what the investment is, but pretty easy to get your value back from it. So um, even if you don't get a hot seat session like Jen did. So hope you enjoy. What's the challenge or the issue or the question that you want answered? Like what is it that we're, we're trying to... All right. So I've got two clients. Um, both of them uh, have an injury. Um, I've just got to work out. Yes, they're both injured to a point where they can't uh, return to their normal uh, work. They can't be on the tools. Um, one of them hasn't worked on the tools for about three years. And he's been sort of managing uh, some contractors in the background, but he's he's really let go a lot of work. And so what he's wanting to do is um, build the business back up and basically engage his contractors so that they can earn a profit share. Um, he's got he's going to retrain himself and do something else so that then he can still manage his business um, doing this other stuff, but he really needs the the contractors to be running all the building jobs. He's a landscape designer. Um, So he needs them on site. He will still have time to go in and basically, you know, communicate with the customer, um, do quotes, uh, go on site and just make sure everything's set. But essentially, he just doesn't want to be on site. He, he's going to be off doing this other um, yep. new part of the business that he's just about to get trained in on. Mm-hmm. And um, he really wants to, I mean, he, he's got a good group of um, contractors that he's been using for years. Um, but what he wants to do is really, um, 
you know, have them on board and engaged and committed to him. And so he's wanting to explore whether a profit share type arrangement will work rather than just an hourly rate. The other guy, um, I've just got to remind myself, oh, he um, has a fairly successful um, building business. Mm-hmm. He's got a young bloke. So the guy, my client, is probably around late 40s. Um, he uh, has been managing a team of contractors. They've got a turnover around a million a year. And from that, his margin has roughly been about 12% until now. Then he's injured himself and he can't do anything. So what that means is that any jobs that he's been getting, he's completely off the tools. He's making zero. In fact, I think he's losing money. Um, But he's got a young bloke. He's about 26 and he sees a lot of promise in him. He's still got quite a, a long way to go in terms of, you know, really just setting up the benchmark in terms of of his skills and experience. But but my client's really willing uh, to put in the training and, and to mentor him. Um, and what he would like to do is offer this guy um, a position of responsibility so that he becomes the on-site um, project manager, a supervisor, and he engages him with a profit share sort of arrangement so that, you know, this guy, he's one of those young blokes that really is, he steps up, you know, if there's the ability and the, you know. Yep. Yeah, cool. The carrot. That margin you said of 12%, that's net or gross margin? Net. Net margin. Okay, cool. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. But, I mean, that was, that was however long ago before he injured. Yep. So he's, I mean, he's obviously got a lot of experience. I mean, he, he's... The potential is there, and he's another one. He he still gets work um, come to him, and he turns it down. Although he has got in for a couple of big tenders, and if he gets them, he'll be flying. But he just needs to have a structure. So I'm just helping him sorting out his structure moving forward. Yep. And so um, with both of those business owners, the the two guys that you know they're looking to do a perhaps profit share type arrangement they both be contractors so they'd both be subbies essentially yeah yep okay that's cool i think so you know and i guess that's one of my questions you know i i is there any other way yep yep so um i've come across this a few times and um there's there's probably a, a few possibilities um one that I've seen work pretty well is with those sorts of contractors, particularly the landscaping business, the construction is probably doable as well. Uh, and I've seen this done pretty well with painting, um, plastering, uh, those sorts of jobs where the business owner is quoting a price to a client. So yeah. it's not a do and charge type scenario where it's, you know, however long it takes, that's how much we charge you. Is they go in, they assess the job, they do a quote, they present that to the client. The client says, yes, I'm happy to pay you $5,000 for that landscape. Um, and off we go. So in that situation, what I've seen work well is with the contractor is we would potentially say to the subcontractor, to the, to the contractor is, okay, here's a job. Um, I'll pay you, let's say it's a $5,000 job that they won with a client. 
um, they might offer the contractor four thousand or four and a half or whatever to do the job. And so then it's up to the contractor to manage materials costs, his own time, but he knows with some certainty how much he's going to make from that job. So, you know, it's almost like he's um, running his own business, but he's being fed those fixed price jobs by your client. Got it. And then there's a margin in that for your client. So really he just becomes... Uh, you know, almost like a bit of a broker and, and obviously he's still yeah. in a client relationship, so he needs to make enough out of that. But if you looked at that sort of a margin, you know, he's got next to no overheads potentially because contractors carrying a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And on that five grand job, if if he can make a twenty percent margin on that, um, farm it out to the subby for four grand, who reckons he can make you know, his ten or fifteen percent net on that. They both kind of get the benefit of it. You just have to work through those numbers and and figure out what's going to be reasonable and maybe do a comparison with what the subby would have gotten on an hourly rate. Yeah. Um, Yeah, So that's one way I've seen work pretty well. And um, uh, a painter, in fact, uh, one of our, our listeners to the show and another member has done that in the past of just, he would go and quote a job and then he'd say to his contractor, right, oh, this job here, I'll give you two and a half grand. Don't care how long it takes you. There's certain quality expectations in place. Um, and then it's up to the subby if he wants to go like crazy and get it done quicker. Um, still gets paid the same amount of money or if he's on a bit of a go slow, it doesn't impact the business owner then because that's the challenge is if you're paying. Yeah. People yeah. tend not to work quite so efficiently and uh, quickly. So that could be one possibility for both of those businesses perhaps. Yeah. Um, is there, um, is there when you're doing some big quotes, I recall um, someone mentioning that, um, that you can actually put like a, a supervisor's percentage or a project management percentage on top of a quote, which covers the cost of that person who's not actually on the tools. Yeah, so it's just it's just building that into the pricing, and so your clients would have to make sure they get their head around the fact that they are including a, a charge for themselves. Yeah. On that, I mean, you, you sort of uh, run into some of the headspace issues around, oh, I'm too expensive, or clients won't pay for that, but. Yeah. But if it's just built into the price, um, then, yeah, they need to actually allow for themselves to make some money out of that job. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't put that as something separate. You wouldn't say, here's, you know, $10,000 for project management purely. You just sort of integrate it into other well, costs and bump them up a bit. You could put it in separately. It just depends how you pitch that to the client or the prospective client. And I did work with a landscape company for a while where some clients chose to project manage some of the construction and and other aspects of the job themselves. Um, And so they would take that out. I mean, you have the challenge then that the jobs don't necessarily run as well. Yeah. If you put it separately, then I guess you run the the risk of, of a client saying, oh, so... I could save myself ten grand if I project manage the job myself. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, a bit of a double-edged sword there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it could also be an opportunity to upsell people and say, look, we can project manage the whole thing for you and um, coordinate the other the other contractors or the materials deliveries, blah, 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 make sure it all runs to schedule. And, um, you know, that's an additional seven and a half grand or 10 grand or whatever it is on the job. Um, I'd probably be inclined just to factor that into the total price. Yeah. But still sell the value in the fact that, you know, for this $20,000 um, fee, it's to, to full completion, full project management of the job, you know, quality guaranteed, all that sort of stuff. So it's just a, a package price. Yeah. So you don't run that risk of people trying to pull bits out of it to reduce their budget and then it ends up becoming one of those nightmare jobs that, you know, the the client ends up having to do it all so they protect their reputation and not get paid for it. So, um, yeah, just uh, that's something I'd be mindful of. But uh, yeah. So that fixed fixed rate with the contractors could be one path to go down. Um, sure. The other way is probably what you started with, uh, which is, I guess, you might say an hourly rate perhaps capped at a certain number of hours. So, you know, again, human nature would probably say that the contractors might just let it blow out to exactly the cap so they get paid the maximum each time. Yeah. Um, but the way to perhaps encourage efficiency is a little a little similar to having employees in a workshop or something where you get paid on productivity. So you would split the difference with with them and say, look, I'll pay you an hourly rate up to this. Anything you save, like if you get the job done quicker than that, um, I'll kind of split the difference with you so there's still a win in there. Yeah. And put in place a bit of a hybrid productivity um, bonus for them. Well, that sounds good. And then the third one is what you said originally is just actually sharing the gross profit on that job. So if it's a $10,000 job and the business owner is probably that, it will allow for, say, two grand, uh, well, we want to be more than that, but, um, you know, say it's 30% gross profit, so $3,000 profit on the job. Say to the contractor, if you can bring it, you know, keep the materials on budget and the time on budget, same again, I'll share 20% of the gross margin on that job with you. Um, yeah. And then a fixed rate so that you, they're not encouraged to blow their time out. So it's like I'll pay you 5000 30% of the gross profit on the job um, based on materials costs and other contractor labour, you know, if they're using machine hire or some of those other subbies, plumbing or anything else, particularly in the landscaping business. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Good. You're Thanks for giving me something to work with there. That's great. But as far Can I ask as... another question? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, so before when you asked me about uh, whether the margin was at 12%, whether that was net, I mean, I don't see that very often because um, I think that's pretty good. Yep. Is that good? Like what, what's generally what you aim for? Oh, <laughs> as much as possible. But, yeah, uh, obviously. <laughs> you know, typical sort of figures. Look, most of those trade or service type businesses are, are doing well if they're getting up into double figures. So around the 10% is about what we see. It doesn't mean that it's great. Um, so anything over 10 as a basic benchmark is pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
approaching 15 to 20% net margins is, is, is a healthy business. I mean, you look at any business, that's a pretty healthy business, yeah. um, particularly in that materials and labour type business. It's pure service-based, obviously your margins are a lot better because you don't have all the cost of sales involved. Yeah. But, yeah, 12 is not bad. I mean, it's, it's sustainable. But um, like I've got a few that are on five. Is that, is that bad? Well, it depends on the sort of business, I guess. But if they're a smallish business running on 5% net margin, I mean, that's sailing pretty close to the wind. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Doesn't, it doesn't take much of a shift in costs or a drop in revenue and all of a sudden they can't cover their fixed overheads. Yeah. Um, for a really big business, it's still pretty lean, but you, know, you look at a business turning 5 or $10 million at a 5% net margin and it's still a reasonably healthy monthly cash flow. Um, but if it's a business doing 300 grand, uh, I mean, they're, they're barely making wages, so they're not even making wages, you know, 15 grand a year. It's, it's, um, it's not enough to justify running the business, really. No, it's not. Uh, but it also depends if that, if that 5% net margin is after the owner has paid themselves a wage through the books, Okay, so that's the owner benefit is that margin and that's, yeah, that that's sort of needs some sort of remedial action around that. <laughs> some tough decisions perhaps about. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they pay their their office expenses, the, you know, the running of the vehicle, you know, they put what they can through the business but really it's not yeah. much. And that's where, like, it sounds a bit harsh but, um, I would look at something like that and say, well, this isn't actually a business. This is more a part-time job uh, if it is a smaller business. And and then it just becomes a decision. Are they happy with that? Is that their goal? Or are they actually wanting to make a decent income and, you know, does it have growth potential, can't be improved, or is it actually time to make a decision about, you know, I'll just go and work for somebody else, mm-hmm. uh, get paid three times as much with none of the stress, well, less of the stress and, and none of the financial responsibility of being a, a primary contractor. Yeah. Tough choices. Mm, absolutely. All right. I think that's all I've got for now. <laughs> well, I hope that was useful. Yeah, it's good. Thanks. Awesome. And, um, yeah, by all means, any other questions, just uh, drop them in the, in the group or, uh, you know, we can, we can do this and do another recording and turn you into a podcast. Yeah, all right. <laughs> You're on. <laughs> cool. You've been listening to The Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.